You're listening to the number one podcast for nonprofit leaders, getting your nonprofit fully funded. This is the Fundraising Masterminds Podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the myth of the multiples. And really, this is in the area of a myth that nonprofits get stuck into a mindset of something that they think that is really helping, uh, but in fact, it's actually hurting them. Oh, absolutely. And I can't tell you how many of those kinds of things. I've seen nonprofit organizations do things over the years that they see someone else do. And Mm -hmm. because someone else did it, it means that it works, it's effective, but actually it's ineffective. It's kind of like a monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. Well, absolutely. That's right. It works for you. Maybe it works for me. That's right. Let me just try it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is absolutely one of those things. Okay. So what exactly is the myth of the multiples? Thanks for asking. That's a great question. The myth of the multiples essentially says, I've got a goal. Mm -hmm. I have this many individuals on my donor base. Right. If I just take the number of donors on my database and divide that by my total goal, and let's say as an example, it's $25, that if everyone on our database gives $25, we can raise our goal of Mm $25,000. Well, in reality, that is in an absolutely wrong way of thinking of things. That is not the way to achieve your goal. And here's why. Number one, that $25 for some people may be a real stretch, an individual may not be able to, believe it or not, give $25. But really, in reality, what happens is, in almost every case, it significantly under-challenges people. So you're asking someone who might have the capability of writing a $5,000 check, Mm -hmm. you're asking them to give $25. I've never in my life had one person say to me, Jim, I know you're asking for $25, but I'm going to give you $5,000. People give what we expect them to give Mm -hmm. and what we ask them to give. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be a real mistake in a situation. And it happens all too often. Well, a good example of this is a while ago, Uh, When a big earthquake hit Haiti and the world was concerned about Haiti, everyone wanted to help out. And there were a lot of campaigns going around of text 25 to, you know, Haiti and, you know, solve all the world's problems. Right. Right. So this is kind of an example of what we see out there because the mindset is, well, hey, if everyone gave $25, we would accomplish our goal. Sure. And to a certain degree, you know, you're kind of right. Yeah, you, know, you will raise some good money with something yeah, like so that. So we're not saying that you're not going to raise money using these methods. We're just saying that in terms of getting long-term partners to join your organization and join your cause for the long run, right? You're not going to win people's hearts uh, through that method. Right. right. It's a one-time well, gift. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we can make in development and fundraising is under-challenging someone. Right. In fact... I often say that if someone immediately says yes to my appeal, I've under-challenged them. Right. Because if someone doesn't have to pause for at least for a moment and think about how am I going to get that money, how is this something that is is doable, mm-hmm. I know I'm not stretching them in that to a, to a degree I feel like I've lost right. from that standpoint and that's what the myth of the multiples is doing right. you are you're just you're simply for the most part under challenging right. a large segment so essentially what you're saying is 
you want to know your demographic enough or know your people enough to know that there's certain categories of people who give more, right? There's certain categories of people that give less, right? And so custom tailoring yeah. your appeal yeah. to specific yeah. audiences, right? We had a whole episode just a while back where we talked about marketing, about target marketing, and we talked yeah. about segmenting our marketing to specific types of people. So right. that's kind of the same type of thing there. Well, that is the way, Jason, really, to make this profitable. You've got to know your audience a little bit better, and you need to target your appeal and gauge the amount that you ask for based on a mm -hmm. couple factors. If these are current partners of yours, you need to go back and look at their history. What is their largest single gift? What do they have the capability of sitting down and writing a check for? Mm -hmm. If that's $1,000, asking them for $25 is way under challenging someone. Mm -hmm. Typically, what I will do is I will categorize people at at the at the at least the minimum I'll put people in in a category and say if someone has written a check before for $5,000 or more mm -hmm. I can ask these people for a gift of $5,000 or more right. if they fall in a category of 1000 to 499 I can ask them somewhere in that category or one dollar to nine 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 right and so if they're current partners you can take their past history mm -hmm. if they have never given to you before and you've got a whole group of people who are potential or you believe you have the capabilities mm -hmm. to give you you need to do some homework and you can do some research there's a lot of research organizations wealth engine is a classic example i use wealth engine often for determining when someone's going to come to an event or an activity that's never given to us before i know what their capability is and of course wealth engine for those of you who know wealth engine wealth engine tracks a wide variety of key indicators such as what's the value of your home uh, what's the estimated income that you have every year what's the estimated total net worth of your estate do you own other properties what kinds of things have you given to well isn't that doesn't that seem a little stocky you know like kind of comes across as like you're snooping in on people's lives and trying to figure out you know what I don't know. I, I could see a, a a portion of people saying, well, you know, we just need to just send it out and just trust God with the difference. And, you know, that that's, you know, doing all this research and digging and trying to figure out what they have and all this stuff. That's just too Well, I'll tell you, me. Jason, I don't know about you, but nowadays, if I get a call and someone asks me to set up an appointment with them, mm -hmm. I'm going to go into LinkedIn, I'm going to go on Facebook, I'm going to go in Instagram, I'm going to find out who they are. And I, I'm going to find out a little bit about that person before I actually meet with them. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially doing the same thing. I believe it's just wise stewardship to find out about someone before you meet with them. Yeah. Right. Who they are, what they, if nothing else, it's going to give me some discussion topics right. when I'm meeting well, with them. And People who are in different demographics think differently. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like a business owner is going to think a lot differently than an employee. Right. And it's just a different mindset, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so coming to them with understanding where they're at, you know, a business owner may not even be 
remotely interested in giving $25 to anyone because he knows that $25 isn't going to, it's like 25 cents to him. Yeah. You know, but for someone who owns a business and they understand the principles of investing, they understand that it takes money to make money. Right. And you go to that person and say, we're trying to accomplish this goal and we need an investment of 25,000 to accomplish this. Well, that's got their attention. Right. Because they know that $25,000 is something that they can do that would actually make a significant difference. Right. Right. You know, so it's a different mindset. Obviously, you're not going to say that to the person who's working at Dollar General as a cashier. Right. They just don't have that kind of mindset or they're not thinking in that kind of capacity. Right. right? So your appeal is going to be slightly different to your different audiences. And it should be. I believe, and scripture backs it up, that God wants us to be good steward of our resources. And that's time, your talents, your treasures. And I believe actually not researching someone is being a poor steward of your resources because you have the capability. It's out there to determine what kind of gift and the size of gift that they are right. capable of giving and not yeah. doing that. I believe you're being a poor steward. So really a good takeaway from this is to go through your donor list if you haven't already. And we talk about this in other episodes, but um, 20% of your list typically gives 80% right. of your uh, funding. Yeah, And so it's really important to identify the 20% and to know who they are and to categorize them in the different buckets of giving in terms of uh, frequency, recency, and giving amount. Absolutely. We had a whole episode where we talked about that as well. And so um, understanding that those data points will help you to um, craft specific ways of reaching those people right through direct marketing through emails through phone calls through getting together in person you know yeah. all these things uh, and it's a more effective way because then you know uh, how to specifically reach certain kinds of goals based on what your organization is doing oh absolutely and I think you're once again it's being a wise wise steward to know what their areas of interest are. I've used an example before. I had a colleague that met with a couple. Now, we had a project that's still going on now. It's an ongoing strategy and effort called mm-hmm. everystudent.com. And it it's a website that's an evangelistic website to mm-hmm. reach out to young people with the gospel and in its it's a a resource to anyone that is exploring and investigating who is God, who is Jesus, what is what is the Christian faith. Right. And it has been a game changer from the standpoint of being an effective evangelistic tool. Hmm. Now every person that he had presented this to, my colleague, just loved it and couldn't wait to fund it. So he kind of got out ahead of his skis in this particular situation. He didn't ask the normal questions that we we teach and that we ask, which are, what, what makes you weep and pound the table? What do you like? What are your areas of interest? What is it that you like to see happen and fund? Mm-hmm. If he did that, he would have found out that these people had an aversion to the internet. And in fact, when he got done with his presentation, they were quiet and they paused for a moment and said, Jim, you need to know that we believe that the internet is of Satan and my wife (laughs) believes that it's even worse than that. (laughs) So he missed the mark tremendously. And if he would just asked a few questions, 
he would have known that this everystudent.com was not the appeal for them. He could right. have asked them for something else. So I believe that not asking the questions and understanding where people's needs are, where their desires are, where their passions are, you're making a big mistake. And that's right. what comes from research. Right. And that all comes back to um, one of our core principles here at Fundraising Masterminds, uh, which is friend raising. Right. Which is with the idea of that we want to build long term relationships uh, to get partners in our nonprofit to help us achieve the mission and vision and values that yeah. we're so yeah. excited yeah. about. And in right? fact, it almost sounds like heresy. And I know some people will would feel this way and say this, but I would turn down $1,000 today if I knew I was going to get $5,000 in a year from now. And that is what fundraising essentially is. Fundraising is taking the money and run. Oh, man, I got the $1,000 right now. I'm going to take it and run. Mm -hmm. But if if someone essentially says to me, hey, I want to build this relationship up a little bit, and mm -hmm. at the end of that, I'm going to give you $5,000, I'll take that 100% of the time. Right. But I know some people would be, man, I want the $1,000 today. And, well, and, we get stuck into this scarcity mindset oh, yeah. and yeah. we get stuck into, um, you know, we need money right now. We're right. watching our bank account uh, get lower and lower and lower. Right. right. And we panic. Sure. And we start just, uh, you know, hey, I need money. Yeah. Uh, money solves all problems. The problem with that is that you will always need money. Right. right. So you fall into this perpetual trap of like almost being a professional beggar in a way, right. you know, That's right. just going around asking people for money. Some people get really good at it and, you know, they raise a lot of money doing it. Right. Um, but it's kind of a circle of death because it never stops. That's right. right. You always need more money. Oh, yeah. And you, you're always going to be asking people for money. And honestly, you know, I don't mind helping someone once in a while. But if the same person is coming to me, you know, every month saying, you know, well, thank you for your gift of 100, but I need, uh, now I need 200. Mm -hmm. Or thank you for your gift of 200. Yeah. Now I need, yeah. you know, you start to, as a donor in that situation, mm -hmm. you start to think, well, what are your long-term plans for, you know, solving this problem? Or, or right. what exactly is my money going to, you yeah. know, like, yeah. how is it being used? You know, and you start asking yeah. these questions and that's the kind of stuff that um, building relationships with people Right. And explaining to them what their mission, vision and values are yeah. uh, and giving them, you know, opportunities to invest right. in the organization yeah. is going to be a much better long term play yeah. than just trying to get money now. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that we advocate huge in this area uh, is a certain type of an event. Right. And this event is uh, going to essentially enable you to uh, do the following things. So if there was a way that we could get the message out to as many people as possible and recruit others to come alongside and to get funding, you know, in the door, as well as to build long-term relationships, that would be like the most ideal situation, oh, right? Absolutely. And so, um, Jim, is there any way that we can actually do that? As an organization, well, Jason, I uh, you're absolutely right, and uh, but I think the 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 biggest mistake that a lot of nonprofit leaders make right. is that they start to look into what I call transactional relationships. Mm -hmm. They get into that, 
much like we do with an ATM. An ATM, if you think about an ATM, an ATM is only important when you need money. But when you don't need money, you could walk by an ATM and not even know that it exists. When you need money, all of a sudden it jumps out and it's important to you. But then when you get that money, it's no longer important to you anymore. And that's unfortunately the way a lot of our partners believe and they feel about the relationship that you have with them. And many nonprofits, they feel like that they don't exist unless you need money and then they're important it yeah. yeah i mean it's that's heartbreaking and of course that's not what we want no people to think like no we, from a from a non-profit perspective we just think well this is a problem i solved the problem now i'm gonna do you know right. what i need to do right so right. we're not intending yeah. to treat people yeah. that way yeah uh, but it, that's it, how it comes yeah. across and if you continue to treat people that way you're gonna lose them you're gonna burn out your people so when we talked mm-hmm. about yes it's important to get a dollar or a thousand dollars today that is very, very short-sighted because what's going to happen is you will burn out your your people and you'll you'll lose them within two to three years. I guarantee that. What we need are opportunities to have transformational relationships with people. Right. And that means that we need to build long-term relationships with people by providing opportunities for them that are exciting, that are aligned with their passion, with their mm-hmm. with their burden that they carry. Right. And it's not easy. There aren't a lot of opportunities for transformational mm-hmm. relationships. One of the best that we know, of course, is going face-to-face. Yep. But you can't realistically go face-to-face with every one of your partners. Right. So one of the things that I love that is next in line for transformational strategies and activities is is an event where you pe- pull people together to share your mission, vision, values. We call that the perfect vision dinner strategy. Yes, and the perfect vision dinner strategy is wonderful because it gets your message out to as many people as possible. Yep, um, you're able to recruit people alongside of you to accomplish your mission, vision, and values. Right, and um, you're. It also actually helps to get funding in the door fairly quickly. Right, while at the same time you're able to build those long-term yeah. partners. Yeah. So uh, it really is probably one of the best events that we know. In fact, the ministry that you work for, I believe you. we were talking before the show started that it's the only kind of event that you do. It really you know, is. I was asking you, you know, Jim, you talk a lot about vision dinners and I talk a lot about right. vision dinners. Is there anything else that can accomplish the same goal? Right. You know, because you know, I don't know, maybe you, you want to do a vision dinner this time and next time you want to do something else because we like to spice up life and stuff. Yeah. But really your answer to me was, well, the vision dinner is really the only thing, you know, that yeah. really accomplishes yeah. everything that yeah. we need. So why would you want to change yeah. and do something different when you have something that works? Yeah. And I'm not saying we haven't tried those other things. We've tried walkathons, jogathons, we've done car washes, we've done bake sales. But honestly, so many of those things are so time consuming, they just really, really stress you out and they raise very little money. But what we find is, yes, the Vision Dinner does take a lot of time and a lot of effort, but you do see a good reward, in fact, such a good reward and a return on your investment that it makes the investment of time and energy 
well worth it because right. you're you're seeing such a great response. Well, if this is something that you are interested in and you want to learn more about the Perfect Vision Dinner, you can check out our website at fundraisingmasterminds.net. Yeah. And just as we debunked the myth of the multiples early on, there's a number of myths that exist with the Vision Dinner and the dinner well, with events. galas and all kinds all of those, names for and it. We debunk a lot of things that, yes. uh, that are standard practices with a lot of nonprofit organizations. Right. We say, you know what? They may sound good. They may sound right. Yep. They may raise a few dollars, yep. but they are not the best way to do things. So on this podcast, you are going to hear different principles that we talk about. And we a lot of the stuff that we're bringing into the show is from the course, right? But um, but the course is a laid out program, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's step by step. It's exhaustive. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very exhaustive. Yep. And one of the things I love about it is because of Vision Dinner, you alluded to it is it is work. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that you have to do. You have to think about sure. it. You have to plan it. It takes twenty weeks, right? And uh, we were concerned when we made the course that people would buy the course, yep. be excited, and after two or three weeks they would drop off because they're busy. Right. And you know, it's how many courses have you bought where you ha- uh, had all the yeah. intentions to go sure. through it? Yeah. It's my, then, like my gym membership. Right. You know, I've gone one or two <laughs> exactly. times since January, and that's it. Right. And so we actually designed the course to be a live course. Right. And the reason for that is because we want, when we, the reason for that is because when we work with people live one-on-one, what we do is we, we train them on what they need to do. And then we follow up with them. We say, okay, this week you need to do this. And right. then the following week we say, okay, did you do these things? Uh, no, you didn't. Okay, well, make sure you do that by Friday of this week, and right. then by Friday of this next week, mm-hmm. you need to do this and this and this and this. And so we we literally hold your hand. We walk you through the entire process of doing the vision dinner the correct way mm-hmm. in the way that's going to produce long term relationships. And as a result, you are going to get fully funded in like four months. Right. You know, and it it works. You know, right. this isn't something. This isn't some sales pitch that we are trying to sell you on. You know, it's a concept or whatever. We we know it works because we've been doing this for 38 years mm-hmm. uh, and I've been doing it for 20 years. And so we've seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim has done over 2,500 vision dinners over his lifetime. Yeah. And I don't think I've heard one story where it hasn't worked. Oh yeah, I know. You know, Absolutely. and that's a pretty incredible track record. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, not to say that every vision dinner has gone perfectly, right? but even in your crazy stories that, I mean, there was one that you told me the, uh, the tech team put the lights too close to the fire sprinkler and like the worst case scenario, you know, sprinklers came on during the event. event. Um, the guest had to rush out. There's water on the floor. There's all this crazy stuff that happened and you're still able to, the hotel was able to funnel everyone to a different room, get everything set up really quick, get back in. And even though, so uh, the pianist was starting the event with singing in the rain and right. they tried to make light of it. Uh, you still did the program right? and you still raised the funds. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. people still did it. Yeah, they still gave. They yeah, st- in fact, I, I kept thinking as water was starting to get up to my shoes and into my socks, yeah. I, I kept thinking, we generally make 50000 plus every year on this event. I'm going to have to give up $50,000 this year. How am I going to make up the difference? But by God's grace, within an hour and a half, we were in the room enjoying the speakers, and I I felt confident that $50,000 was going to be back. So the formula works, and uh, we would love to teach it to you. 
Um, and it is a personalized training just for you. And, you know, Jim and I get to meet with you. We get to yeah. talk with you, interact with you. So if that's something that sounds really interesting to you, if, if you're in a nonprofit where you are struggling with funding, you're struggling with uh, this idea of fundraising and you're on that fundraising wheel and you're like, man, I just need, I need long-term partners <laughs> to invest right. in my organization, then the Vision Dinner is for you and you need to check it out. Go to fundraisingmasterminds.net. We've got some webinars on there. We've got ways for you to learn about it. Uh, but definitely don't miss it uh, because we only have enrollment periods in the spring and in the fall. We do it twice a year. Uh, so depending on when you're finding out about this, you and know. Attendance is limited. Yeah. We only work with 50 people at a time. You know, so, uh, and that's just because Jim and I, uh, we work live. You we know, we can only handle. that connection with yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really... It's really great though. And yeah. um, you know, we've been taking a lot of people through it and uh it's the results are through the roof. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they are they, they accomplish all the things that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. They definitely help with your public relations, with your recruitment of volunteers, and of course your fundraising and your friend raising, which is the most important. Right. So no more myth of the multiples. Uh, myth of the multiples is not going to do you much good, uh, but we want to focus on building long-term partners for your organization, and we believe one of the best ways you can do that is face-to-face, -face, right, right, and or the perfect vision dinner, large right? scale which, events, which is a form of face-to-face. -face. Yeah, Honestly, it is in-person event. Is. You know, so yep. um, that's the best way, and of course, direct mail marketing, uh, all that good stuff. So. Right. And while you're uh, checking things out, definitely check out all the other videos that we have here and all the other podcast episodes that we have here. Uh, because if you found this video on YouTube, you know, uh, you might be interested to learn more about what we offer. But we also uh, offer this show as a podcast. Yeah. So you can listen to the same episodes on the car or as you work or wherever you are, uh, you can take us with you. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like to consume content that way. So um, definitely subscribe wherever you are, uh, because we would love to get more content to you to help you run your nonprofit more effectively. Until next time, I'm Jason Galasinski and Jim Dempsey. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. 